Hey, I know you've got stuff going on in your day. Thank you for including us in your day. Welcome to the quest. It's always good to be together, especially if you happen to stumble upon us and you're just checking us out. We're really glad that you're with us. And before we get into the talk today, I just want to take a moment and for us to pray together. I want to take a moment and for us to connect to God. It's really important that we don't just listen, but that this is an opportunity for us to connect with the Father. And so whatever you've got going on in your life, whatever it is that you're dealing with in life, I just want to remind you that God is with you. I want to remind you that He cares about what you're dealing with. I want to remind you that He asks us to put our faith in Him that we would trust him and turn to him and seek for him. And so whatever it is that you've got going on, I just want to encourage you to seek the Father. And today we're going to do that. So I just want to lead you in a prayer. Not that I'm going to pray for you, but let's pray together. You don't have to close your eyes. You just have to have a conversation with the Lord. So let's do that. Father, we come to you. Father, with needy hearts, open hearts, we have hearts that are hurting. Many people have hearts that need you to fill a void within. And Father, I ask that you would step in. You know our needs intimately. And Father, you want us to come to you as a father who cares about the needs of his children. And so as your children, Father, we come to you and you know we ask for you to meet the needs of our lives. Father, for those that are dealing with discouragement and those that are dealing with financial needs, those that might be dealing with physical needs, I ask that you would step in and touch them and that you would heal them, that you would provide for their lives and what their lives need. Father, I'm so grateful that we have this opportunity today to connect with you. And Father, I just open our hearts to you and ask that you would speak into our lives. Father, help us to hear you today and help us to be encouraged and strengthened. Give us faith for the day, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we are wrapping up a series that we've been in entitled Summer Loving. And this has been a great series because every summer we take that opportunity as an opportunity to reconnect and reevaluate. Are we loving as God designed us to love and God desires us to love? Are we just going through the motions or are we loving well? That's one of the questions that we are asking is, we're, am I giving to others what God has given to me? And in other words, is my heart engaged? Does my heart communicate care and compassion for this, or am I just going through the motions? See, if we're going to be the church that God called us to be and created us to be, then we've got to be a church that's more than friendly. We've got to love deeply and intentionally. Remember, the agenda of the church is that we, as the church, care for each other. That the love in our lives, that the gifts that God has given to us, what they do is they enable us to care for one another. God's given us these gifts and these talents and these heart. And so how we use that, how we love matters to God. And a fill-in on your notes that you want to write down that's really important is this, is as a believer, you already have what it takes. God is never going to ask of you what he has not already provided for you. And many of you don't believe that you have the ability to love like Jesus, but you have what it takes. The love that we share comes from God within us who cares for others through us. Romans 5 says it this way, Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has given to us. So this love that the Holy Spirit has poured into our hearts enables us to love like Jesus commanded us to love, which is this. Let me give you a new command, Jesus says. Love one another in the same way 
I loved you, you love one another. This is a command that Jesus left for every believer, every follower, every disciple. It's not a command that earns us salvation. It's a command that displays our salvation. And something else you can write down is this. This is not a command to feel a certain way. This is a command to act a certain way. A lot of times we wait to act based on how we feel, but we don't have to wait. We can act because it's not based on an emotion. So our love to each other seeks to reflect Jesus' love for others. And we will not get this right every time because we are still human and we still mess up. But get this, we will not get it right every time, but we will get it right many times. That's why when we mess up and we blow it, we don't give up. We get up and we keep going. So the scripture we've been looking at that reminds us, this is how you are loved. This is what the love within you looks like. And this is how we are to treat one another is this way. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. In this series, we've looked at a few questions that have assessed and addressed how we're loving as individuals. Questions like, do we gather together for the purpose of caring for one another? Do you care about those that you worship with? Do you care about those that are part of the body? Do you care about those that are a part of the church that you belong to? Or do you just show up for what you can get? Another question that we've looked at is this, can we love others when we have no commitment to others? I think the answer is obvious. The depth of our love is expressed in the commitment of our love to each other. What does your commitment to other believers look like? Are you worshiping together? Are you doing life together? Are you spending time together? Are you growing spiritually together? Are you serving together? Because it has to be intentional. Listen to this description of the early church when it says they committed themselves to the teaching of the apostles, the life together, the common meal and the prayers. And as I've said, when we gather together for the purpose of caring for one another with that as our agenda, then we've got to make it a priority. And we've also got to say, listen, I'm going to be there 10 to 15 minutes on Sunday so that just for the purpose of connecting with others, having a conversation with others, checking in on others and making myself available to others. I just want to encourage you to be so intentional with your love, so purposeful with your love, so passionate about this love that it becomes a priority in your thoughts. Listen to the scripture. It says in Hebrews, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good service. The message says it this way, let's see how inventive we can be in encouraging love and helping out. We want to practice sharing and expressing the love that God is producing in us. So as we've looked at love, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7, we wrap it up today with a love that never gives up on others. Have you ever had somebody give up on you? It's not very pleasant. When somebody gives up on us, we're tempted to give up on ourselves. We're even more discouraged. We're even more tempted to give up on ourselves. 
The challenge of loving others well is when we are not led by God's Spirit or controlled by God's Spirit, we tend to base our love on the actions of others. So our love kind of gets based on a merit system, what we think others deserve. But again, that's not mercy. And we are to love the way that the Father loves us. That's full of mercy. When we give up on others, we write them off, we walk away. We basically make a judgment that they're hopeless. So I want to read what we're looking at today again, and I want to read it so that we hear it with our hearts. And I'm going to look at a few different translations. The first one is this. It says, love bears all things. It believes all things. It hopes all things, and it endures all things. The New Living Translation says, love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. The NIV says it always protects, it always trusts, it always hopes, and it always perseveres. So when Paul writes, love bears all things, here's what he's saying. You can write it down. Love recognizes the value of others, so it seeks to protect others. We always protect what we value. We know that the weather and the elements of life, the sun and the rain, they can destroy stuff. And if we don't care about that stuff, then we just leave it out. But something that means something to us, we protect it. We put it away. The Greek word that Paul uses here actually means a roof. Love seeks to be a covering for others from the challenges of life just like a roof provides protection from the elements of life. God's kind of love in us protects others the very same way. It shields what is vulnerable and valuable. That's why Galatians says it this way, share each other's troubles and problems and so obey the Lord's command. So a couple of ways that we can protect others. And the first one is this, we speak the truth in love. See, the truth is that God loves them and that God values them. And our security and strength in life are defined by the truth that we have accepted. Protection is needed from a real or even a perceived threat. And God wants to be their protection. And protection comes from a life that belongs to the Lord. Proverbs 18 says it this way, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous man runs into it and he's safe. Love speaks truth into the challenges of life. And sometimes the protection people need is a truth that they've not received. A truth that brings change and alterations into their lifestyle. The covering that love provides is not the failure to address sin. It doesn't accept or approve of sin when they need protection from the results of sin. In Jude, it tells us this, it says, Go easy on those who hesitate in the faith. Go after those who take the wrong way. Be tender with sinners, but not soft on sin. The sin itself stinks to high heaven. We speak the truth with love. Another way that we protect others is this. We speak of the one who protects us. We point people to the one who ultimately protects us. We remind people of how God has protected them in the past. We remind them of people in the Bible that God has protected. You might even share a story, a personal story of how God has protected you. But we remind others what the scripture tells us that says, so we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man can do to me. 
the protection we all need ultimately comes from the Father who loves us. And we continually speak of Him. And that brings strength into their lives. Another quality of loving others is this. Love knows how the enemy attacks, and so it seeks to believe the best about others. Love gives the benefit of the doubt. It is slow to believe any damaging news concerning others. We believe the best in others. In a world where people are assumed the worst, we believe the best. In Revelations, it reminds us how, this, how Satan, the accuser of our brothers and sisters, has been thrown down to earth, the one who accuses them before our God day and night. Satan is always whispering in your ear, bringing up your faults, pointing out what you've done wrong, telling you you got to give up, reminding you of your failures, always trying to tear you down and trying to destroy your confidence and your faith in God. And when we are exposed to that, we need people in our lives that remind us that God has forgiven us of our sins, that we don't live in guilt, we don't live in shame, because we've been forgiven because we have stepped into relationship with Jesus. Many times, people need to be reminded that they have been forgiven of their past, present, and future sins. Not that we continue to live in sin, we continue to live in His forgiveness through repentance. We need to be people, as the scripture that we're looking at says, always look for the best. Another translation, New Living Translation says, love never loses faith. I like that, love never loses faith in others. This is not to say that love is naive or gullible, but rather to always consider others innocent until proven guilty. Never guilty until proven innocent. In other words, love believes in others. So a couple of ways we can believe the best about others is this. First of all, love chooses to have faith in others. We refuse to look at their flaws as impossibilities to overcome. We believe that God is not finished with them. We believe that God has a plan and a purpose for them. We believe Philippians 4.13, it says, For I can do everything God asks of me with the help of Christ, who gives me the strength and power. We have faith that with God, all things are possible. Another way that we believe the best about others is this. We expose the good that others can't see in themselves. It's easy to recognize the bad in others, but we have to recognize the good. We love people when we help them see the good that God has created in them, that God has produced in them, that they've not even seen in themselves. That's what Jesus did for Peter. Peter was first known as Simon. And Simon was the guy who tended to act before he thought. He wasn't the most faithful. He was loudmouthed and probably a little hot-headed. In fact, we could say that he was unstable. But listen to what Jesus says to him. Jesus says to Simon, he says, And now I'm going to tell you who you are, really are. You are Peter, a rock. This is the rock on which I will put together my church, a church so expansive with energy that not even the gates of hell will be able to keep it out. Jesus saw in Simon someone that Simon could never see in himself. Someone who was stable and reliable and strong and faithful. See, love believes in people and there's great power in believing in others. Right or wrong, what others believe about us tends to reflect what we believe about ourselves. It really does influence who we become. When the voices around us say that we're losers and failures, we need people around us that are praying for us and that are believing in us. 
Another quality of loving others is this, you can write it down, love recognizes the despair in others, so it gives hope to others. Love hopes all things. The word used here means to look forward with confidence to that which is good and beneficial for others. To hope all things means that we never consider another person to be a lost cause. The part of the scripture that we're looking at says it this way, love is always hopeful. It means we never give up on each other even when we watch each other stumble sometimes. Sometimes we even watch some others fall. We help them up. It means our commitment to each other and our love for each other keeps us from giving up on each other. So how do we provide hope for others? One of the ways is this, we help others redefine their understanding of what hope is. Hope is not in changing circumstances. We don't hope that our problems will disappear because we know that life is full of problems. We live in hope because God lives in us. Romans 15 says, I pray that the God who gives hope will fill you with much joy and peace while you trust in Him. Then your hope will overflow by the power of the Holy Spirit. We need to help others understand that hope is in their connection with God, not in the absence of adversity. Another way that we help provide hope for others is this. We help others discover hope. In times of despair, in times of discouragement, it's difficult to grasp onto hope. People might be overwhelmed and they need to be reminded that our hope is in Jesus. Again, He is faithful. He is with us. We don't put our hope in politicians. We don't put our hope in government. We don't put our hope in the economy. In the absence of war, David writes it this way. He reminds us, and so Lord, where do I put my hope? My only hope is in you. In times of despair, people need help discovering where to look for hope and to be reminded of where ultimately all of their hope resides. Another quality of loving others is this. Love recognizes the discouragement in others so it refuses to give up on others. Man, this is such a huge one. Because of the hope within us, because of the prayer from us, because God has never given up on us, we refuse to give up on others. Because we believe in God and we have faith in God, there are no lost causes. We come alongside others and we commit ourselves to others. Love endures all things, even during difficult times, especially during difficult times. The Greek word that is used here describes continuing to move forward, even in the face of resistance or active opposition. The scripture says that this way, that love endures through every circumstance. As the NIV says, it always perseveres. Every season of hardship, every season of suffering has to be endured. Paul is reminding us that God's love in us refuses to give up on others. It's love that doesn't quit. It's love that doesn't look for loopholes. So some ways that we refuse to give up on others is this. First one is we commit to the relationship, not the results. In a world often fixated on outcomes and achievements and results, the idea of committing to the relationship rather than focusing solely on results brings a refreshing perspective, a godly perspective. We continue to believe, we continue to hope and encourage. Another way that we display not giving up on others is this, remind them that God doesn't give up on them. So they can't give up on themselves. The fact that people would give up on themselves is proof that we, in fact, need each other. We remind them that they are valuable to God, that discouragement is a tool that the enemy uses. And like David wrote, we need to establish the strength of our life. When he writes it this way in Psalms 42, Why am I so discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? 
I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. It's important to see how the people that we worship with become our priority, how they are cared for, how others are built up and strengthened. When we genuinely and intentionally love each other, it takes all of us to be a loving church. It doesn't matter how long you've been a believer. You can still be the change. You can model the love that Jesus commands us to live out, regardless of what others do. Paul wrote to a young man named Timothy when he said this. He said, be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way that you live, in your love, your faith, and your purity. Be the church. Love well. Love intentionally. Be the example of what God's love looks like. We need each other. Give to others what God has given to you. Listen, if you're listening and you've never stepped into that relationship with Jesus, you've never received the love of God, you can never give what you don't possess. And if you don't have that, I want to encourage you to step into that relationship, to surrender your life, to put your faith in Jesus, to confess your sin, and to ask God to forgive you, to believe that Jesus died and paid the penalty for your sin, and that not only that, but he rose to new life and he conquered sin and death. You may not even completely understand all of that, but God listens to your heart. He knows what you're asking. When you say, God, I want you to be the center of my life. I want you to recreate my life. I want to be different, and I want to experience this kind of love so that I have this love to give to others. He will step in and do it. So let's pray together. Father, we come to you. And Father, for each person that's listening that wants to step into this relationship with you, that wants to change the centeredness of their life and make their lives about you, Father, instead of themselves, I ask that you would hear their prayers. I ask that you would touch their lives. I ask that you would step in and that you would give them new life, a new purpose, that you would give them forgiveness and that you would help them, that you would pour into their lives this love that we so desperately need, this love that we need to give to others. Father, help all of us in our lives. Father, help our love to be deep. Help our love to be intentional and strong. Give us love that bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Father, give us love that's committed to one another for the long haul. And Father, I just ask that you would give us the strength that we need and the commitment we need to love as you've asked us to love. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. We appreciate you being with us and taking the time to include us in your day. We hope that you have a blessed day. We're praying for you and with you. Have a wonderful rest of your week. God's best to you. Bye-bye.